Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 27, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Andrew Heaney went 5.2 innings yesterday, 6 earned runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, 5 Ks. Yeah, not very fun. And what's interesting about this, this is against the Tigers, you kind of thought, all right, Andrew Heaney, if you're anything worthwhile my team, you'll do well here. He didn't. But four seamers are still really good. They are in the top half of the zone. And he threw 70% fastballs on this. And this is the interesting stat to me. He only allowed two hits on them. While he threw 19% sliders and 11% changeups, and each of those allowed two hits, he allowed six hits here, right? And four of them came on 30% of his pitches, while the 70% fastballs didn't. So, obviously, the problem here is the slider and the changeup. And guess what? He did not get them down. He's not executing them at all. When he had success against the Dodgers, that slider was so perfectly located, glove side and down, just consistently. He just can't get it now. So I think we really at a moment are at a moment where we say, look, Andrew Heaney, he might actually have that command one random night. And that's cool. Um, I need to see some sort of consistency before jumping in on the Andrew Heaney train again. And it's all about those secondary staying down, as I think the fastball is not the issue whatsoever. Justin Verlander went zero innings, sorry, <laughs> zero runs, five innings, five hits, two walks, five Ks against the Brewers. He did fine. And I really do think that that's just what Verlander is now. He's he's just fine. He's in the start of the third tier because he's not an ace. He might be one of those guys that is like the uh, quad A uh, player where everyone is trying to get into the majors that is being the ace is going to ace. And he's just going to you know be there while everyone passes by him. Um, because at the end of the day, he's a holly. He's someone I think is going to be more like a 24% uh, strikeout rate with good ratios and get you a good amount of wins for the Mets and not... The 30% plus Cy Young-esque Justin Verlander. I just don't think he's that good anymore. And that's all right. It's what happens. Father time gets to all of us. Um, by the way, if you didn't see the tweet yesterday, if you didn't hear it mentioned on the on the, on the Corner podcast, uh, we are trying to, we're exploring the idea of starting a bar in New York City um, and having it as a live venue as well. Um, coffee shop for you to to enjoy during the day, and then a baseball bar where you can enjoy the game um, throughout the day and evening um, as we just host analysts and players and everything and do our live streams in this podcast and everything upstairs in a venue. Uh, it's a dream of mine. I really want this to come to fruition. And the reason I'm telling you all of this is because we're in the early stages of that, and we're looking for that right partner to help us make this happen. So if you or someone that you know is in New York City and has opened a bar before and would hear this as a baseball fan and think, oh man, that sounds like a really fun thing, I would absolutely love to meet them. So reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, my DMs are open. Also, you can send me an email at info at pitcherless.com. But we are just in the process of exploring this idea. I don't know if it's going to happen. It's just a case where I think it would be so fun if we did this. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't do my due diligence to see if this could come to fruition. Okay. Reed Detmers is here. 
Seven innings, one earned run, two hits, two walks, and 10 strikeouts against the Chicago White Sox. I watched all this game, same with uh, Dylan Cease. And I got to say, I <laughs> I love Jason Benetti so much. The first inning came with a Reed Detmers solo shot to uh, Luis Robert. It was a 1-2 count, a really good, actually, a 96-mile-per-hour fastball up into me. It was 95, but just not the right pitch call because that's what Luis Robert wanted. And Benetti made the call of late in the count, early in the evening. Love it. Um, he's so, so good at what he does. Uh, but Demers went 9 for 45 whiffs in the four-seamer. That's actually been a thing that I've talked about a lot. If you remember me for the first two months of the year, April and May, where I was just so frustrated about Reed Demers, I was looking at him going, look, he has the slider whiffs that we've wanted, and he's putting his fastball where he wants, and yet the fastball is worse than it was last year, even though it's increased its velocity and has better locations, and we just aren't seeing the results from it. This should you know, figure itself out over time. And that's what happened here. Reed Demers did have a good four-seamer. This is exactly what I expected it to be in April. So that's really fun. He's also two ticks down on the slider for the second straight start. It's really been four straight starts of success now for Reed Detmers. And it's interesting because he had no K-slider on the fourth start ago. Third was an exceptional one, 10 whiffs. But then actually the last two have been this lower velocity but better drop. And then we also saw like a 92 mile per hour one that Luis Robert swung over at 2-0, which is also really cool. So I think that Reed Demers is actually spreading out that slider a little bit. One is more the harder cutter. One is the slower. Um, so like at 91 or so, 91, 92. And then you have the like 87 or so slider as well. I love this. I think he's getting more out of what I think is his best pitch. And at 17 whiffs, 30% CSW. So this is very exciting for Reed Demers. Also, the curveball got in there for a good amount of strikes, too. I This is fun. He gets the Padres next. That was the White Sox. Reed Demers gets the Padres. I can't... There have been a lot of questions this morning with a fielding from about Reed Demers. I can't tell you a good answer yet until that Dodgers start. That, to me, is going to be the real test. And you should be picking up Detmers now because... He likely is already gone, and if he's not, he will certainly be if he does well against the Padres. So, it's fun to see. You guys know my Reed Detmer's love of saying, look, I guess next year's the year where he really puts it all together. Prospect growth isn't linear, yada, yada, yada. He turns 24 in like a week. <laughs> I have my Reed Detmer's bobblehead, and I uh, this is very exciting right now. Um, I ho- really hope this sticks up, sticks around. This is actually what he did last year in July, so cool stuff. Spencer Strider. Yeah, he's going to be SP number one unless, like, Cole is stupid good because he went seven innings, 100 runs, three hits, two walks, 10 Ks, and 26 whiffs with a 42% CSW. Yeah, that's a golden goal because, duh. He had those 13 earned runs in back-to-back starts, and everyone freaked out. And I've I've been doing some thinking about back-to-back starts of just kind of probabilities and everything. Let's say that, in general, we say about, I don't know, 25% of of starts that pitcher throws is not going to be good, right? If it's 25% in a given season, that's across aces too. Um, What are the odds that they're two in a row? And that's actually just one eighth. That's it. That's over a 10% chance, right? Uh, I think it's like a 12.5 or something like that. So yeah, um, actually it's exactly 12.5. Yeah. Um, So that doesn't surprise me too much. That's going to happen during a season, right? One eighth across two, two starts. Um, so yeah, that's that's all that was in my view. He's really, really good, Spencer Strider. He's the best actually in fantasy. Colin Ray, 
against the Mets. 6.1 innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. This was the stream pick that it should have been. PL Bot got it right. Good old PL Bot. Uh, that's a gold star, as I do not expect this whatsoever. He does not do exciting things with his repertoire. I'm glad it worked here. He does get the Pirates and the Cubs next. Maybe Colin Ray can make it a reality. I don't know. I guess it's a qu- questionable start against the Pirates. I don't really want to do it. If you're really chasing like six innings, then fine. But I don't want to do it. Deep, deep leagues, maybe. Dylan Cease against the Angels on the other side of Reed Detmers. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, zero walks, and 10 Ks. The slider's back for the third straight start. Yeah. I mean, he's not at ace is going to ace yet, but he's he's getting there. He's going to be in tier three next week. He has to be. Uh, this is the Dylan Cease that you've been waiting for. Um, Cole Irvin, three innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, and three Ks. Why? Because it was a rain delay. And it was two hours of it. Same with Brandon Williamson on the other side. Two innings, three earned runs, two hits, four walks, two Ks. By the way, no starting pitcher allowed more than three earned runs yesterday. Sure, it was only 12 pitchers, but still, that's uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, and the real annoying part about this is that it was 45 pitches, which means he's not fully stretched out yet. So that's that's just annoying. Uh, Matthew Boyd went uh, .2 innings of one earned run, one hit, zero walks, and two Ks because he left with elbow pain and everything is pain now Luis Castillo seven innings two earned runs seven hits one walk and seven strikeouts ace is gonna ace here I uh, only a two out of 21 whiffs on his changeup which is so frustrating because if he has that changeup like how amazing could he be because his four seamer is still amazing and the slider is really good and just if you have that changeup that is devastating my gosh Sonny Gray against Atlanta, 6.2 innings, 300 runs, 7 hits, one walk, 5 Ks. Honestly, it was such a tough decision to start Sonny Gray or not. And I guess you're not really happy with this because you got the loss and bad ratios and 5 strikeouts. But it was a careful Icarus. A solo shot and then another home run once he was removed in the 7th. So 6 innings of one earned run. You had it. It was there. And unfortunately, it just didn't come to fruition. Uh, It was a one whip as well. Oh man, it was right there. It was good to see the curve go 46% CSW, even though it was not too many thrown. The cutter returned a 50% clip as well uh, at CSW, and then the slider was 27% usage, a sweeper, which is good to see. It wasn't amazing, but to see him actually rely on it and really infuse it into his approach is good. So we're all for starting him against Baltimore next. That's what we're calling starts inside of Camden moving forward because of the left field wall. And then there's Trevor Williams against the Mariners, 4.0 innings. Of three earned runs, eight hits, four, one walk, and four Ks. Yeah, just don't start Trevor Williams. I know there's an opportunity sometimes if he keeps the ball really low, and then the balls can turn into grounders, which then turned into outs. But I, uh, yeah, just don't really do it whatsoever. So today is Tuesday, and this is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, as I'll be playing the seventh inning stretch by the next podcast. I want to review a little bit of, of some of the guys that you can get for this best ball league that uh, you want to consider at their ADP right now. And this is a best ball league for the second half, uh, which is a really fun thing. It's uh, And we'll talk about that at the very end of it. Um, but these are guys for underdog, which is a little bit of a different format, who you might want to consider to get at their ADP. So a lot of them are undervalued injured pitchers who are coming back within the next week or two. And um, we have things like uh, Carlos Rodon, who is made for this format. That is quality starts and wins uh, and strikeouts galore here. Uh, that's what you want. 
uh, with Carlos Rodon. He's looking great in rehab right now. I would be very much in on that. Luis Castillo is really pushed far down. I think it's because of, say, Framber Valdez getting pushed up for quality starts, which I get. But Luis Castillo, could he be even better than he is right now with that four-seamer and, of course, that changeup that isn't as good as it used to be? Lots of win potential with the Mariners. Lots of quality start stuff there. Really like that one. Also, same vein is Bryce Miller. Uh, as I think he could be so good with that fastball and be really be a quality start. Uh, Getter, he's going really late inside of these underdog drafts um, and very much a backup option, especially for those highs and lows because you don't really need to get every single starter starting every single week. You only have three of these or maybe even four as your super flex where you're going to have about seven or so of these starters. So three of them aren't going to go in a given week. That means you want the peaks um, of those later ones. And Bryce Miller, we all know, can have those. But don't underestimate Julio Urias and Brandon Woodruff as well as those uh, later guys who are not pitching at the moment. So thus their ADP is suppressed. But post All-Star break, you could be seeing both of those pitching on a regular basis. And those were top 10 guys, um, especially Brandon Woodruff as a quality start machine. And Julio Urias inside the top 15, big win potential there. Uh, good amount of strikeouts, lots of quality starts there. I like both of those guys. And last but not least, Sparks Peaks and Valleys go. We've seen Reed Demers really destroy it lately. Um, last four starts have all been fantastic. We just saw another 10 strikeout game from him as he's changed his slider. There could be a real fun um, late pick here in these drafts for Reed Demers, especially when you want to talk about like seven innings, one earned run, 10 strikeout games. I know he has one win at the moment. That is going to change. So join Underdog Fantasy today with promo code PitcherList and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Once you're signed up, check out Underdog Fantasy's 7th inning stretch tournament where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $30,000 grand prize. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama or Nebraska. And present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, 1-800-639-8783, or text Next Step to 53342. In New York, call the 24-7 HOPE line at 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369. And in Tennessee, call or text TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. All right, now looking at today and tomorrow's games, Shoei Otani, Kevin Gosman, Framber Valdez, Zach Gallen, Kling Kershaw, Joe Ryan, Hugh Darvish, Garrett Whitlock, and Tyler Wells are all in the auto start tier. I think the most contentious one here is really Tyler Wells against the Reds, but it is Baltimore, and it is Tyler Wells who is just so, so good right now. I know the Reds are incredibly exciting and hot, and the electricity is there and all, but I think you still do it. Now, also in the middle of this is Zach Gallen against the Rays, Kling Kershaw against the against, uh, well, inside of Coors, and Joe Ryan against Atlanta in the middle of this auto start here. But I think all of those are aces, and you just start your aces. You just do it. Sandy Alcantara leads off the probable start tier, which I know, like, some people want him to be in the aces, or sorry, the, the top tier. So I'm going to say questionable. I'm putting him at the top of probable. I really do think that Sandy Alcantara is just not the guy that he's been so far. I, I've mentioned many times I traded for him. And I'm starting him against the, the Red Sox. You have Bryce Elder against the Twins. Taj Bradley against Arizona. Arizona's good. But you're going to start Taj Bradley. Brian Wu is still streamable. I'm shocked to hear this. Fast posed a question to me about Bryce Miller versus Brian Wu moving forward. Because Brian Wu's four-seamer is in the top 10 percentile. Like 91st percentile four-seamer. 
right now. Uh, it's much better than I initially thought, and it's why that MLB debut against the Rangers was so easy to throw away. It felt like the fastball did perform well. It was uh, two innings of three and runs in each of them, bad camera angles, and the Rangers are good, and it's a MLB debut. So many reasons to throw it away, and he's just been good since. Now, the slider is still a thing that needs to be fixed for Brian Wu, but this is the Nationals as a right-hander with a really good fastball. That feels like a really good start there for Brian Wu. Definitely streaming him. Andrew Abbott against Baltimore. I don't really buy into what Abbott is doing, but he's been on such a good stretch. I just, sometimes I just throw my hands up and go, look, like, you are not going to deny a start of Andrew Abbott in this situation. Ranger Suarez for uh, going against the Cubs. He's in a really good rhythm. You want to do that one. Martin Perez gets the the Tigers, and that's a Toby against a bad matchup. Same with Johnny Brito against the the Athletics, I kind of see Brito as his Toby if you were regularly starting for the Yankees. Gavin Williams gets the Royals, which is exciting, but also I don't really know what we're going to get. His command wasn't very good against the Athletics. They only got two whiffs on the four-seamer. It might take another start for him to really kick in. Now, keep in mind, I have Gavin Williams ranked higher than Johnny Brito and Martin Perez and Ranger Suarez in the list because long-term, I think Gavin Williams is better than those guys. But right now... I think they're in Suarez, Perez, and Brito are in better situations against also really good matchups that Gavin Williams might be a little bit more volatile and um, just not as efficient at the moment. Then there's Michael Kopech at the end of this uh, against the Angels. And he's probably started to bait between that and questionable just because Michael Kopech, how good is the fastball? Can we really judge it against the Rangers? Now, just avoid the damage of Otani, and you're fine, because Trout honestly can't really hit fastballs as well as he used to right now. Questionable start tier. Julio Tehran is a Vargas rule, and even though it's the Mets, like, whatever, do what you want. Brady Singer isn't always a cherry bomb against the Guardians. Do what you want. Jake Irvin is sending two ticks harder on his fastball and got whiffs on it, and it was really good. And he gets the Mariners. Maybe that works, but it was one start. So, we'll see. Deep stream there. A black... Blackburn, Paul Blackburn against the Yankees could work out there. The Yankees are not a very good offense. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Astros. He's had a good stretch. The Astros are kind of good, so I don't know if I want to start him there. Um, but Jordan Montgomery is someone to consider at the end of the questionable start tier. Just don't start Richel against the Padres or David Peterson against the Brewers. Does he have this slider like he used to, Peterson? And I just don't want to do that. James Antino against the Phillies. No, thank you. Alex Wood against the Jays. Matt Manning against the Rangers. Hey, he's coming back, I think. That's tomorrow. I hope so. I hope he's good in any way. He hasn't been for a very long time, if any time. And Connor Seabolt, absolutely not hosting the Dodgers in cores. Looking forward to Wednesday's games. Um, by the way, that was Matt Manning today. Sorry, not tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday's games, Blake Snellsmeyer number one against the Pir- Pirates. I know. It was really between him and Aaron Nola against the Cubs. And honestly, Blake Snell has just been that dominant lately. Three straight starts of double-digit strikeouts. Like, how could I deny him of that? Well, Aaron Nola does have some of that volatility. So that he's still there that he's trying to iron out. But I think long-term, of course, Aaron Nola is still really good. Logan Gilbert against the Nationals seems great as well. He had a good slider last time. Even though the four-seamer whiffs in the splitter isn't really where it needs to be. Uh, speaking of where it doesn't need to be... Uh, Christian Javier Slider, what's up, buddy? Can you make it good? I mean, the Cardinals aren't scary at all. Um, so we're obviously starting Christian Javier, but yeah, fix that slider. Get strikes with that pitch. Braxton Garrett against Boston. Zach Eflin against the Diamondbacks. They're, all, they're both pretty similar to me. They're both really good starters right now. I think you still go with it, even though those are decent offenses. Same with Mitch Keller against the Padres. Keller's command is back. And also, I really just think it was just unfortunate times in that really weird sputter. From Keller, I'm starting him against the Padres. Lucas Giolito threw 94 and had a really good slider, but a bad changeup last time out. 
and the Angels are kind of good, so I'm still going with it, but a little more contentious. Same with Webb against the Jays, which is pretty obvious. In the probable start tier, you have four guys who have found themselves in the questionable start tier a lot, but these are all good matchups. You have Logan Allen against the Royals. Please just have your slider. You haven't had it for two starts now. Um, Domingo Herman has not been good, but he still has a really good curveball, and he goes against Oakland, so we're doing that. On the other side is a stream pick of the day um, with J.P. Sears against the Yankees. The Yankees, again, not that good, and Sears, I think he's 11th in PLV among all starting pitchers. Maybe he's 12th, which is kind of wild, but just goes to show how he gets a lot of strikes, and the four-seamer is really hard to hit, and the, so is the sweeper. I mean, he's actually kind of good. Uh, Kodai Senga against the Brewers is also here because I hope he has his forkball, but he has shown a start where he didn't have his forkball and still came through with fastballs, sliders, and cutters, so it's the Brewers. I think I'm going to lean start as opposed to sit. Questionable starts here. Jaime Bria is very interesting. I don't know how many pitches he's going to go, but he has a really good slider, and right-handers with good sliders do super well against the White Sox. Kenta Maeda is going against the Atlanta Braves. Kenta Maeda did well against the Tigers, but this is the Braves, and I really don't know what we're going to see in this one. The slider did better later in that game. I don't really know if he's locked in with that yet, and the splitter was better, so or the split change, I should say. I hope that we see a good version of Kenta Maeda here. This might be a little bit tough, and I'd prefer to just to bench and see from there. Uh, Wade Miley could make it work against the Mets. Same with Dane Dunning against the Tigers. Drew Smiley just needs to get the curveball down, and he could survive against the Phillies. And Michael Soroka's coming back from the minors against the Twins. I'm very excited about that one because I think a lot of people have just given up on Michael Soroka. And I haven't. I was really tempted, actually, to push Michael Soroka to the top of this tier, but I feel like let's just play it safe. We've seen two starts from him, and they both really haven't come through, and let's just see if he has the slider looking a little bit better, the good change of command, and, of course, the fastball command that is the root of everything that he does. He's not a 25% strikeout guy, I think, in due time, because he's still, like, what, like 22 or 23 or something stupid? Um, I think in due time, Michael Soroka could be a strikeout guy. Think, like, Max Freed kind of stuff. Um, that's not a good comp. What I'm trying to get at is like 25-26% if he gets a slider working. And he's the kind of guy that could add a pitch and just be really good. But as of now, Michael Soroka is more like command-focused first. And I'm curious what we see against the Twins. Do not start here. We have a lot of them, and it makes all the sense. Kyle Gibson gets the Reds. You don't want to do that. Miles Michaelis against the Astros. Absolutely not. Zach Davies against the Rays. No way. Austin Cox. Like, who the heck is this guy? Look, he was... The, the follower, the last time he pitched for the the Royals. The Royals have, like, nothing right now. And Cox got 3.2 innings. He w- threw 24 four-seamers with eight whiffs. He goes up in the zone. It has a lot of vertical rise. I think it's, like, a 22% swing striker in the four-seamer right now. This is across, like, 12 innings. I, I have no idea, right? It's a do not start. But let's just say he goes five innings against the Guardians. There could be something here. Let's say he goes like 60, 65 pitches, and then he gets stretched out to 75. And then he goes, and then like, just be aware of this person existing. Okay, Austin Cox. Um, Kyle Freeland against the Dodgers in cores. Absolutely not. Joey Wentz against the Rangers. Patrick Corbin against the Mariners. Trevor Williams, sorry, Trevor Richards against the Giants. Luke Weaver against the Orioles. Maybe Luke Weaver deserves a little bit more, but he's just been so bad. Like, he can't. Uh, Michael Grove could be coming back for the Dodgers, but in what role and how many pitches and it's in cores? No, thank you. And is a four-seamer going to be good? Uh, and Chris Murphy, it's against the Marlins. Maybe I'm not giving enough love there, but I just... Chris Murphy is not the guy. Like, I don't want to start this whatsoever. And how many pitches is he even going to get? All right, that is it. So, 
Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Please reach out if you have uh, experience opening a bar or you know someone that has experience. I would love to talk to them. Just We're just trying to have as many conversations as possible. And if you find that perfect fit, there are so many exciting things that I know that we can do. So uh, I hope we can find them and please help us find that person. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I'm at your Baptist below and you strike outside.